And yeah, what if I tried something like this, you know? Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. All right, it looks like it's happening. Is this happening? Is it happening? The levels are all right. We're doing this. This is a thing. Let's let's increase the levels. Let's make that happen. Da 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 da. Okay, all right, okay, all right, here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's always weird to start. It's, uh, no, it doesn't have to be. Why don't we start all over? Why don't we do that whole section again like this? Let's um, just sound natural, Deanne. Sound natural. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, guys. All right, listen, guys. Hi. So this is what's going on this week. Um, I have some podcasts in the bank because I'm learning to do that for you guys because I don't want to miss weeks ever because apparently people are listening. Um, I know that I'm always shocked by that, but it's just, you know, it's nice, but it's unexpected. Yesterday, I was on the street and I don't know if this person is listening now. If you are, hello to you. Um, it might be weird to hear the story. Um, yesterday, I was walking on the street in Montreal on Saint Laurent and um I heard Deanne Smith. So I turned around um, and I thought it was going to be a friend of mine because you know what? It wouldn't be unusual for a friend of mine to address me by both my first name and my family name. Um, so I whipped around and made eye contact with a girl that I did not know and, and don't remember having seen before. Maybe we've met, but I don't think we have. And then she was like, is your name Deanne? And I was like, yep. That's why I turned around when you said Deanne Smith. And then she said, and I was prepared for like, you know, I've seen you at the Comedy Nest or I've seen you wherever, something related to stand-up comedy. She said, I'm a big fan of the podcast, which kind of threw me for a loop. Um, and I was, I was grateful for that. It was nice. It was nice to know that people are listening and get a little bit of feedback in the middle of the day that, uh, I don't know, something good's happening. But, um, but it was very strange. And, I, and I, I, that may have been, oh, it's not quite the first time, but... It's not normal to for me to just like run into someone in the world that I don't know that says that they listen to the podcast because cause I just don't think about that. And so now I'm getting ready to do this and now I'm thinking about it and it's weird, but let me explain this. And maybe I'm, of course I'm talking too much. I always feel like that. Guys, hi. <laughs> All right, so this is what's going on. Um, I've decided this week that I'm going to do a solo podcast because you guys like those. You know, I feel self-indulgent when I do them. But fact of the matter is the people have spoken. The people are into it. So this is what we're doing. If you're not into it, um, you don't have to listen. But come back another time when I'm interviewing someone or like chatting with someone else. Um, what's happening now is my friend Sherwin... Last time I did a solo podcast, he really enjoyed it. Um, and I don't remember which number of podcasts I did with Sherwin, but you can look back. I did a, a podcast once with Sherwin Tija, um, What Have You Done With Your Life? And that was a really fun one. So you can go listen to him if you want. He's, he's lovely. And last time I did a podcast, I answered a bunch of questions. Sherwin wrote me out a bunch of questions at that time. Um, he said he was drunk when he wrote some of these and he just saved them for me and said, next time you do a solo podcast, let me know and I'll shoot you my questions and you can answer those. So this is what's happening. This is kind of a Q&A with Sherwin. He sent me his questions. 
uh, via Facebook message. I haven't looked at them. I'm looking at them now. Um, let me scroll through. There's about, there's 20 questions. So this is perfect. Um, this should be a, you know, a nice uh, nuggety size podcast. The other thing going on that I should address is we need a question for this podcast, right? This is how we do things. And I'm not sure what question, because there's 20 questions here. Um, so I decided that the question I'm going to put when I upload the podcast and that people will see on the internet is this question here. How could I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. <laughs> because you know what? That is always the song in my head. It's, it's disturbing. It's been the case for about eight years um, that when I have a silent moment in my head, which is rare, though, very rare, uh, this song pops through, the old Phil Collins classic, how could I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. You know that one? When I stand here taking every breath with you. Mm, you're the only one who really knew me at all. Ooh, trying to sing. It's, it's a morning for me. Yes, it's 2 p.m. Don't worry about it. Guys, listen. Here we go. Questions. Let's do it. Let's get into it. As we're doing this, um, I will answer questions for you. Hopefully, that will be of interest to you. Meanwhile, you guys answer questions for yourself in your own hearts or vocally. You know how to text me. Text me. Send me an email. Get on the podcast page. To write it over there. Let's, let's make this a conversation. Okay, here we go. These are questions from Sherwin Tija. Um, lovely questions. Look at this first one. If you were to show me the shape of your heart, what shape would it be? I think it would be classically heart-shaped. Um, not anatomically heart-shaped, not scientifically heart-shaped. But if you were a, a five-year-old child and you were to draw a lopsided heart, I think that's the shape that it would be. It would be that shape. Um and abnormally large to fit everybody in it, not because I have um, some kind of disease. <laughs> two, how old is too old? Okay, Sherwin, for what? How old is too old for what? How old is too old? You know what? I don't think, I don't think there is too old. I think, I mean, there's, you know, depending on what you want to do, if you want to do a back bend and you're 85, maybe you're not, maybe you shouldn't try it, but I'm sure there are 85 year olds that can. I would say there is no too old. And I'll tell you guys something possibly creepy about me. Uh, no one, no one, no one is putting sexual attraction onto this question, but I am because that's often what I'm thinking about. Uh, guys, I kind of have a thing for really old people, like old. And I have a thing for people of legal age too old. So don't worry, it's not exclusively old. It's not like a kink. It's not like a it's not like the only thing I'm interested in, but I've discovered for myself, and I don't know if this is creepy or not creepy. Feels a little creepy. There's really no cutoff. Um so there. How old is too old? I don't think there is too old. I do not think there is too old. I mean, I don't know, maybe when you're peeing yourself, you might want to consider letting go of life. Now, you could just get some depends. Yeah. Well, how old is too old? When is too old? Maybe it's not old. Maybe it's just about being incapacitated. When you're incapacitated, maybe you should uh, try to get a friend to kill you. I didn't know I was going to say that. Here we go. Seven minutes into the podcast. Okay. When was the last time you used the word bitch in a good way? For some reason, Sherwin capitalized the word bitch. I'll tell you right now, you could, I don't even feel comfortable saying it in this question. I, I never use the word bitch in a good way. I don't know how to use the word bitch in a good way. Um, hey, bitch. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't 
pull that off. Uh, that word has a really harsh connotation to me. Um, you know, I learned it as a child and some of these like uh, swear words that I've learned as a child have retained their sweary scariness. Um, it just sounds harsh to me. It doesn't sound good. I guess in a good way or a semi good way, maybe I've been singing along to some kind of rap and have stumbled upon the word bitch and would just repeat it. And that's maybe not in a horribly negative way, but, um, when was the last time you used the word bitch in a good way? I don't, I don't use the word bitch in a good way and I don't know how. I, I, I wouldn't, and, 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 and no one refers to female dogs as bitches in good ways, do they? Maybe a vet does. Maybe a vet could say that, but I couldn't say that. Hey, vet, I don't know. <laughs> Why the vet suddenly got sexy? Hey. <laughs> I was just trying to think of in what context you would need to refer to a female dog as a bitch if you were a vet. Hey, this bitch just gave birth to some pups. I don't know. I can't. Okay, four. Have you ever experienced a miracle? Of what sort? Um, I also like that Sherwin didn't write out the word you. He just used the, the letter you. Have you ever experienced a miracle? Of what sort? I will say this. I will say that um, serendipitous and amazing things I feel like are always happening. And um, I do tend to notice them. I tend to notice when things work out perfectly and get excited about them. So I would say that I feel that I've experienced miracles, but my threshold of miracle, my bar for miracle is quite low. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call the bus arriving on time a miracle and me getting on it. Whoa, what a miracle. Totally made the bus today. Um, I think if you keep your threshold for miracles low, you're doing well in life. Um, let's see. Let's see. I know, you know, I've definitely experienced times when um, it may seem kind of wacky or strange that things have worked out as well as they have. Um, but I, I don't hold on to those because I'm, I'm happy when they happen, but they don't blow my mind. So I can't think of a great example right now. Have you ever experienced a miracle? I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. If I think of anything good, I'll let you know. But has, you know, who gets to define miracle? Are they biblical miracles? Because I've never seen anyone. That's not true. I've seen water bugs walk on water. That's, that's, a, that's a true miracle, you guys. Science. Okay. What weapon would you want to master? Sarcasm. Done. Six. What is a panty-removing drink? Unfiltered Mexican water, I would say. Because of the diarrhea. Bam! Uh, okay, what is a panty-removing drink? I, I'm pretty sure Sherwin means what drink could you feed to a lady to get her to have sex with you. I, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that to any ladies. I would want them to just want to have sex with me, and then we could share a beverage together. Panty-removing drink. Everybody would have their own, right? Oh, what's mine? What would be mine? What drink would remove my panties? Smoothies. Make me a smoothie. Make me a delicious smoothie. Put some chia seeds in it or something for a little protein kick. Um, if you made me a delicious smoothie that was vegan and healthy and tasty and had berries in it, like blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, um, I would probably, if you wanted me to, I'd go ahead and take off my underwear. <laughs> That's all I would do. That would take off my pants, take off my underwear, and then put my pants back on, and then drink your smoothie. <laughs> okay, when you were a kid and there was a take your kid to work day, what did you wish your parents did as opposed to what they really did? Okay, when I was a kid, I don't remember take your kid to work day. That was not on my radar at all. 
Um, but what would I wish my parents had done? Like if I was a kid and I wanted to go to work, um, oh, I just thought of a silly answer. I guess I'll say it, but I can only say it with a silly voice. I wish my mom was a stripper so I could go to the strip club. <laughs> no, that's a horrible thing to say. Um, I'll tell you what my parents really did. Cause that's, I don't know. It's kind of interesting in a non-interesting way. My mom was a stay-at-home mom forever, very typically 50s housewife, although we did not live in the 50s. Um, But when I read The Feminine Mystique, I was like, whoa, that's my mom. Um, You know, vacuuming, making jello. My dad worked at a shoe company, of which my town was named. I grew up in Endicott, New York. There used to be a shoe company called Endicott Johnson, named after a man called Endicott Johnson. And my dad worked at that company um, as a personnel manager, as I understand it. But he lost his job when I was 13, and then he didn't work again. So nobody was working when I was in high school and middle school. I mean, I was babysitting. That's all coming together. I'm like, maybe this is why I don't have a great work ethic. <laughs> Wasn't really modeled. I just understood that you could, you know, hang around your house and be fine. I don't know. Huh. There's a lot of mystery in my family. What would I wish they did? What would I, what would I have liked to look in on as a kid? Take your kid to work day? I don't know, guys. I've never been that interested in work. So I'm just a comedian and I hang out. I haven't had a real job in a very long time, you guys. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be a kid that goes to work. That's a dumb day. Okay. Eight. What would your ideal sidekick do for you? Oh, that's easy. Just boost my self-esteem. Just hang out and be like, hey, good choice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even have to boost my self-esteem. Just keep it kind of level. Just kind of balance out the negative voice in my head. Just everything I do, you could be like, that was right. I like what you're doing. You're up to some great stuff there. You could sometimes just be like, one of those noises and a little finger gun and a little head nod, jaunty head nod, like on the right track. What would your ideal sidekick do for you? That would be great. Another thing that could be really great, an ideal sidekick could do this. My girlfriend sometimes does this, so maybe she is an ideal sidekick. Don't tell her I called her a sidekick. That's a horrible thing to say. Um, You can, um, an ideal sidekick would be able to give people the cold shoulder that I'm giving too much attention to. Sometimes I get involved in situations socially that I don't want to be in and I don't know how to disengage from. Sometimes people chat with me and I chat with them and then I want to get out of it and I don't know how. So an ideal sidekick could swoop in, do something socially graceful um, in which everybody feels great and then sweep me away from that. That would, that would be very helpful in my life actually. That would be a great sidekick. Oh guys, I can't do this one, but I'll, I'll do it but I can't please sing party in the USA by Miley Cyrus right now without looking up the lyrics beforehand. (laughs) I know he means to the best of your ability, but he wrote to the beast of your ability. (laughs) Oh, I love that phrase to the beast of your ability. And then he wrote, thanks. I guess that wasn't a question. Sorry, actually not sorry. Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. I'll tell you guys this. I've heard the song before. I know that I've heard it. I believe that I heard it on a radio uh, as I was driving to Tennessee uh, years ago, at least four years ago. Is that possible? Is the song that old? It must be five years ago. I heard it on the radio, but I don't remember anything about its melody or lyrics. So it probably says party in the USA since that's what it's called. Party 
in the USA. I know that's not how it goes. That's, that's literally the beast of my ability right now. Okay, pretend for a moment this is Jeopardy. Awkward questions for 1,000, Alex. Oh, that's an excellent category, Sherman. Um, the answer is no fucking way am I answering that. What is... Um, so what would I not answer? No fucking way am I answering that. Guys, I really don't know. I feel like I'll answer anything. No fucking way am I answering that. What is... Um, maybe the question would just have to be like, what is the one thing you shouldn't tell everybody? Maybe. Or what is your most secret desire? If it's the most secret, then I wouldn't want to tell anybody. Do I have the most, do I have secret desires? That's a question maybe I should ask somebody on the podcast. That sounds like a good one to answer, actually. What is your most secret desire? And then it will stop being secret. Okay. I'm worried that this is boring. I'm just going to own up to you guys about that right now. I hope that it's not, but it very well may be. And I guess we'll just have to live with that as a group, won't we? Okay. What would you do? Sherwin, what would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? (laughs) Well, what would I have to do to garner that result? All right. If you sang out of tune, if anyone sang out of tune, I would certainly not stand up and walk out on you. You heard me sing out of tune at the beginning of this podcast, and I'm still here, right? You're still here, I hope, unless you left, in which case, good riddance to you. What would somebody have to do to get me to stand up and walk out on them? Um just in a social setting, in a situation. I already told you guys, I I'm, I'm not even that capable of giving people the cold so- shoulder. So it would, it would take a lot for me to actually stand up and use my legs and then start walking away. Um, I don't know. What would you have to do? I don't know. I was going to say like hit someone I love, but I wouldn't stand up and walk out on you. I would punch you in the face. Um, would you have to just get me to stand up and walk away? I don't know. Maybe say something really awful that I don't want to engage with anymore or just be really awful, but not so awful that I want to punch you in the face. Guys, I don't know how to punch anyone in the face. Maybe that's something my sidekick could do for me as well. Just punch people in the face. I don't want to punch anyone in the face. I don't know how this all came up right now. Okay. When was the last time you stole something other than my heart? Oh, thanks, Sherwin. What was it and why? Okay. I don't steal much and I, and I never passed through a phase as a teen or as a child of shoplifting. Isn't that a thing people go through? I feel like people went through that. And I feel like I would have liked to have had a shoplifting best friend. Like I never really had a badass little friend. Um, I guess when I was a kid, I was the badass. And then when I became a teen, I just kind of hid all of my personality away because I was gay and I didn't know it. And then I knew it. And then it was scary. Um, but so I never went through the shoplifting phase and I didn't have anyone around me going through the shoplifting phase. But I'll tell you this, when I was in my at least mid twenties, I mean, well-grown, well-grown, and it would have been very embarrassing to have been caught. But I remember that I was at Walmart and I was in the changing room. I don't know what I was getting at Walmart and, 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 and excuse me, okay, for tr- buying clothes at Walmart. I really don't know what I was thinking. I was in a changing room at Walmart. And I was trying on a shirt or something. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I can just steal this shirt. Somehow I had a bag with me, I think. And I just realized, oh, there's no tag on this. I could just put it in my bag and walk out with it. So I did. I stole a shirt from Walmart. And this is a while ago. I don't even remember what the shirt looked like. And I don't have it anymore. But I do remember stealing it. And I do remember just putting it in my bag, but also 
being way too scared to just walk out with it. Because how humiliating, how humiliating would it be? Can you imagine to be me, to be me, a person, a grown human person, and then get like caught for shoplifting at Walmart when you're a person in your 20s that has money that can buy things and you're at Walmart? It's ridiculous. So I was very scared about it. Um, but I just thought it could work and I still wanted to try. So I put it in the, in my bag, but then I also bought something. I don't remember what I bought, maybe a greeting card. It would have been something small. So I had that interaction, I guess, where I felt like I at least did part of the regular store interaction. So I stole a shirt. Um, and why did I do it? Because I could, um, yeah, but you know, that wasn't the last time I stole something. You know what I stole? Oh gosh, now this is getting really embarrassing. I'll tell you the very last thing I stole. And it was recently, um, it was last weekend, guys. Don't tell anybody this. I stole, uh oh, here's Tarzan sniffing around all the equipment. Hi, buddy. Tarzan's my cat, if you don't know. And he is stepping on the computer and causing problems. Oh, there's his butthole. I see that. Thanks for showing me that at least once a day. There it is. Why do cats love to do that? Um, okay. The last thing I stole, guys, for real, it was last weekend. It was a roll of toilet paper from the comedy club I was working at, from their bathroom, because they had a whole stack of them, and it was the late show, and I realized I was going home to a house with no toilet paper in it, and I wasn't going to stop anywhere along the way and buy some, so I picked up the roll of toilet paper, and I put it in my backpack. I I stole that. It didn't feel like stealing, because it was just toilet paper, but again, it was stealing, and do you know what? I love that comedy club, and they, they are good to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave a dollar sixty-six in their bathroom and then they, and for that toilet paper, because that wasn't right. That wasn't right. And I'm glad that I confronted it right now. Oh my gosh. I stole something else. The other thing I, the other thing I stole, this isn't recently. I guess I steal a lot of things, you guys. Um, years ago, a few years ago, I was in Sydney with my friends, Michael and Crystal. This is Sydney, Australia, the cool Sydney. Cause there's another Sydney, right? Like Sydney, Ontario. I don't know. There's probably a few Sydneys. Um, I was with Michael and Crystal and I guess it would have been about six years ago because I didn't know them too well at that point. And now they are friends of mine. But at that point we were at like a, like a chocolate shop, like a shop that has melty chocolate and like tea and coffee and stuff. I think it's called Max Brennan. Does, does that ring a bell with anybody in Sydney? It's like a man's name and the logo is like a bald man and you go there for chocolate. Anyway, so we were hanging out and chatting and I liked these guys and I wanted them to like me. And Crystal was looking at the teapot um, that she was drinking tea from. And she's like, I really love this. I would love to have this in my office. Oh, my gosh, this is so cute. And I was like, what? Say no more. Threw my jacket over it. And then when we got up to leave, I just like picked up my jacket in a bundle because that's how I steal things. Um, Very obviously. (laughs) And um, scooped up the teapot with it and gave it to Crystal. And I felt I felt pretty badass. You know what? There it is. There it is. I, I was being the badass kid I always wished I could hang out with. So I stole her that teapot, and um, I believe she still has it. She would periodically update me every few months after that, like, I'm drinking tea at work and thinking of you. I love my teapot. So I stole a teapot from Max Brennan, if indeed that is the name of the place. Don't tell Max Brennan. Guys, we have seven more questions. I think we're going to get through this. What's wrong with you is this question. I'm going to say nothing. Nothing. Okay. There are days in which I would say everything. There are days in which I would say, what isn't wrong with me? But, but I'm doing the best I can you guys now. And I'm trying to reframe a lot of the way I think about myself. So what's wrong with me? Nothing. I'm, 
I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Nothing's wrong with me. What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with you. Okay. What book actually deserves to be burned? Conversely, what book should be in every hotel room dresser? I would say no book deserves to be burned. Is that, I don't know. I'm sure there are things that I don't want to read about and that I don't want people disseminating information about, like hate, hateful things, let's say. But once you've actually gone to the trouble of cutting down trees and turning them into paper and printing ink on them and turning them into books, to burn that just seems like a waste of time. Just burn the tree. (laughs) Don't burn the tree. Don't burn anything. What book deserves to be burned? I don't know. I wouldn't burn any books. I couldn't. It would be painful to me because at the very least, it's a book. It like even who cares what it says? You can just look at the look at the typography. Isn't that amazing? Check out that. Look at the shape of that little Y. I don't know, guys. I love books. Don't burn books. Um, what book should be in every hotel room dresser? I think okay, a book in a hotel room dresser should be a book you could turn to in a time of need, right? Because who wants to? If you're reading in a hotel room, if you're reading the book that they've left for you you have a lonely life. You're a troubled person, right? Because if you want to read in a hotel room, bring your own book, bring something that you're interested in, right? Also, what are you doing reading? Get on your computer. (laughs) Just kidding. People still read, right? I still read. Um, But if you're in that moment, I think you're a lonely person. And I think you need a helpful book. You need a book that's going to sort you out. Um, I have a book. I have a book right here. Here's a book, guys. This has, this is the title. This is the title of this book, and this is the title of any book that should be in a hotel room dresser. It's called How to Live. And you know what we're saying, hotel? I think motel, because hotel implies stories, right? Um, I mean, levels of the building. That's what I mean by stories. Hotel implies an elevator, and it implies a certain level of room service. I don't know if I have this wrong. I don't know if this is real or just my association with the word hotel, but hotel, I think, is a little fancier than motel. Motel, in my mind, is one level, possibly two. But if it's two, there's no inside corridors. It's just that, you know, the outside staircase and those sad balconies. Um, so it, when you're in a motel room where you, you're just, you know, it's just the outside world and then the door. When you're in your room and then you open up the door and it's just, bam, like parking lot and outside world of whatever shitty town you're in. That's when you need this book. This book is called How to Live. That is the title. And it's by my friend, Simon Munnery. Do you guys know Simon Munnery? He is an absolutely excellent and somewhat iconic comedian in the UK. You need to look this guy up, Simon Munnery. He's fantastic. This book is called How to Live, and he gave me this book. I'm going to open it up to any page and read it, and you'll see why it should be in every motel room dresser. Here we go. <laughs> I can't read that one because I don't understand it. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's, I can't even say what page this is on because none of the pages are numbered because that's how to live, guys. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This says this. Have you anything to say? No? Then shut up. Unless you are a woman, in which case carry on. It's delightful. See, that's lovely. I'll, I'll open two more random pages. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that, is that if you look at things globally from a strictly economic perspective, that makes you a wanker. Simon. See how good this is, you guys? Okay, here's another one. (laughs) Hey, I just opened this one up and it's about the Bible, which I'm pretty sure Sherwin was referring to, right? Here we go. Whatever it says in the Bible, the truth remains. You can read the Bible and dismiss it as nonsense if you like. 
You can dismiss it as nonsense without reading it to save time if you prefer. Simon, this should definitely be in every... I'll read one more. I'll read one more. What does this one say? God is a DJ. He doesn't do requests. See that? A little bit of spirituality and philosophy right here in how to live. I don't know if you can... You can get this book if you see Simon live somewhere. Um, I wonder if you can get it online. If you can, you should. It's called How to Live. It's tiny and it's adorable. It sits here on my desk um, because it's a lovely thing. Okay. Oh, a few more questions. I'm going to pound through these, you guys. I don't want you to be bored. What game, what should the game Marry, Fuck, Kill be turned into instead? Okay. Everybody knows this game, right? It's where you're sitting around in a group of people. You pick three people that everybody knows. Um, so they could be celebrities. Or if you want to be really weird about it, this is how I like it better. When they're just like people in your friend's circle or acquaintances that everybody knows. And you pick three people and then everybody decides, of these three, who would you like to marry? Who would you like to fuck? Who would you kill? Um, I think it's a pretty harsh game, marry, fuck, kill. I played variations of this game in high school and university, but I never knew it to be this. Um, what do they say in... In Australia, you call it like shag, shoot, marry or something like that. Um, the way I always played it, we didn't call it this. It was like, it's the same idea, but it just had a more elaborate explanation, which was, um, it was kind of like desert island sex and throw off a cliff. So it was kind of like, if you could live with someone forever platonically on a desert island, who would it be? So I guess that's the equivalent of Mary. <laughs> then it was like, who would you have one night, but only one night of hot, passionate sex with? Um, and that would be fuck. And then it was, who would you throw off a cliff? Um, which I guess is kind of like kill. In my mind, you throw them off a cliff and forget about them. And then who knows? Maybe they land on a trampoline and everything turns out fine for them, but you don't see them again. So I would turn Mary fuck kill into desert island sex and cliff because it's a little gentler. Okay. We should play, I should play that with someone on the podcast. That would be fun. During a fire, you only have time to grab four things. What are they? Okay, guys, skipping the practical, let's say like a fire extinguisher or something like that. Um, and let's say that we're not, I, I, I'm not going to save people. I'm not going to grab things I can save. I don't know what, what is the context of this fire? Are, am I there with, am I there with three babies? Am I in a fire and there's three babies in my house and I tell you four things that I pick and none of them are babies? Because that's horrible. I need to know all the details of what, where I am and what's around me in this fire. Because if I had time to grab four things and there were three babies near me, I would grab, you know what I mean? My laptop and at least two of those babies. <laughs> I'd leave the one that was a jerk. That's horrible. I would I would grab all three of those babies and um and wonder why there was a fire in a place <laughs> well and wonder why I was just hanging out with three babies. Um and who set the fire? Probably me, right? At that point. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. If if I only had time to grab four things and we're assuming that I guess it's a fire in my own home and there's no one to save, no cats, no girlfriends, no babies. Um, what would I take? I would take four things. Well, I would take my laptop because it has a lot of information on it and I use it every day. So I would, I would just grab it if I could. Um, I would take, I have some really, really great pictures of my grandma that I'm the only one who has these pictures. So I would take those. Um, I have a picture of my grandma when she was four and at a birthday party and she's gorgeous. And I love that picture so much. I would be very sad to lose it in a fire. So I would take my laptop. I would take the picture of my grandma. I would take 
I guess notebooks that I've written in, those feel important to me. They feel more important to me than material possessions, I suppose. Um, you know what I would take? Sometimes I have like a huge wad of cash in my underwear drawer. Oh no, don't break into my house and take my money. Because, uh, you know, I work in comedy, I get paid in cash a lot, and I'm horrible at organizing things, so I just stuff it among the underwear. Um, if I knew that that was there, I'd try to grab that, because I'd rather have it than have it set on fire. And or I would take ID, because it's a pain in the ass to replace ID, you guys. That's, bo- that's boring. What did you learn about me there? Not much. You learned that I'm boring and I'm practical. Laptop, ID, notebooks, picture of my grandma. You learned that I love my grandma. That's what you learned. Okay. Um, do you only make passes at girls who wear glasses? What about great asses? Pretty sure that's one of Sherwin's drunk questions. I don't only make passes at girls who wear glasses, and I do love great asses. Um, and the truth is I don't make passes at anyone because I don't know how. I'd like to pretend that I knew how. Oh, that, well, that's not true. I guess I do when I'm on stage. But it's kind of a joke, but it's secretly not really a joke. Um, girls who wear glasses, not only, but I'm, I'm, you know, I like girls who wear glasses. I like that aesthetic. So, uh, yeah. But do you have glasses and a great ass? Because I'm all about you. That's what's going on there. Okay. My girlfriend has both of those things, actually, you guys. So don't, she doesn't listen to these either. So she won't know anything that I'm saying. Do people, after you tell them what you do for a living, excuse me, guys, do people, after you tell them what you do for a living, then say, tell me a joke, make me laugh. What is the thing you say to them? Yes, that happens. Um, It seems to happen mostly when I am traveling, when I have to declare my occupation to officials and I say, I'm a comedian, um, which is a great thing. It's a very fun thing to be able to say and have that be your official declaration as you're passing into another country. Um, sometimes they say, sometimes they do say, tell me a joke. And I just say, I deadpan, I deadpan this, you guys. And it does always make everyone laugh. It's a very particular delivery you have to have, though. I deadpan it. I look him in the eyes very seriously. And I say, I don't do this for free. And it always makes them laugh. It's wonderful because I've made them laugh. Um, I haven't said a joke because that's not a joke. And it, it, depending on my mood, it could be kind of secretly true. So... They, they're like, haha, that's funny and unexpected. But I could actually be like, no, nah, I'm being serious. So just let me get into your country. I don't want to go through this. <laughs> if you, but the truth is, you know what? I, I do. If somebody's like, make me laugh, I always find a way to make them laugh without actually telling them a joke. Yeah, because jokes are weird. It's weird to just tell someone a joke out of nowhere. But it's pretty easy to just make someone laugh out of nowhere. Okay, if you were to go to prison, what is the most likely... Oh, I don't like this one. What is most likely going to be the offense you committed? No, no, no. You, this is my worst fear. This is my actual worst fear is that I would one day go to prison um, and that I would go to prison kind of accidentally because I can't imagine that I would go for real. So I think that I would either be wrongfully imprisoned or that I'm like accidentally traveling with drugs and I don't even do serious drugs, you guys. I had to say serious. But when they start swiping my bags when I'm traveling and they do things like that, I'm like, oh my God, am I carrying heroin? What's going on? And I I forget the actual type of person that I am and I get panicky that, oh my gosh, I forgot I have those bags of heroin right now. Um, That's what I, 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 I can't even, this is really, this is freaking me out, this question, and I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it because sometimes I do think about this and um, I, I, 
I can't, you, you've, we've hit something very real right now. You guys, I don't want to go to prison and I don't want to, I just don't want to, I'm not, uh, am I afraid of prison? I just, I just like living life. You guys, I don't want to be put away somewhere. Cause I feel like if I ever were put away somewhere, it wouldn't really be my fault. I wouldn't have done anything that warrants being put away. Cause I'm a contributing member of society and I do the goddamn best I can. Don't put me in prison. I don't want to go to prison. If I go to prison, if I ever, will you guys like, will you just make like a free Deanne campaign? You have to do that. You have to do that. I don't care what I've done. Please be on my side. I'm innocent. I'm telling you. Oh God. Okay. This is the last question. What was the turning point in your teens when you changed in an instant? Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's making a lot of assumptions right there. Sherwin. Um, number one, that I've ever had a turning point, uh, two, that it was in my teens and that I changed that I changed in an instant. Um, I'm kind of inclined to say I haven't ever changed in an instant, but you know what? I'll, t- I'll leave you guys on this and this will be a very sweet place to leave you. Um, this, this was, oh, I'm not even sure how to talk about this, guys. There's hardly the proper vocabulary. But I'll tell you this. I was about 17, and I was in love with my best friend, in love with her. And there was nothing not to be in love with. She was smart. She was beautiful. She was hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, I loved her. We had so much fun together, and I was absolutely in love with her. And... At a certain point, I realized that I was in love with her, and that freaked me out a lot because uh, I had to confront the fact that I was gay. And one night, we had been at this playground. Um, the neighborhood that I lived in is, I don't know if it's a typical neighborhood. It's just a bunch of houses, and then there's like an elementary school there, which was my elementary school that I used to walk to when I was a kid. So it's pretty close to my house. And as a teenager, the the playground of the elementary school is where the teens would go and like hang out and drink or whatever, like up at the school, I guess, cause it's semi public property. If you're walking around the neighborhood, it would be a place to be, um, that wasn't your own yard. And, uh, my neighborhood wasn't walking, walking distance to the town or anything like that. So we were up there at the playground, probably drinking vodka. Cause that's what we did then. And it was like an early summer evening, and we were getting a little bit drunk, but not too drunk. But that kind of drunk that you get when you're a teenager, which is, which is just, it's like, you know, you're, it's just the first time that you're drinking and you haven't done it so much yet. And it's really fun and everything just maybe gets a little brighter or a little more sparkly. Um, I'm smiling a lot as I'm telling you this story. I wasn't planning on telling you this story. And like I said, I don't even know how to say it. So we were there and it's just a gorgeous summer evening and we're getting a little bit drunk, uh, you know, in the grass uh, next to the playground at the school. And I just love this girl. I love her. And there's a lot of electricity in the air, I'm sure. And we're walking home. And as we walk home, we're, you know, joking around and laughing and just having a great time. And we stumble into somebody's yard on the way home. I could, I can picture this yard. It was like on the corner. Um, and we kind of both fall down in the grass, you know, like drunk teenage girls, but not obnoxious. We're not wooing. We're not being super loud or anything. We're just very adorable. And um, there's fireflies. I, now that I'm saying this, it's a very, it's a very idyllic world that I used to live in, I guess. This neighborhood so- sounds great, doesn't it? Um, I never see fireflies anymore, but they were fireflies. And one of them landed in her hair. 
And it was just kind of stuck there, blinking in her hair, in her long, blonde, kind of curly hair. Oh, so pretty. She's so pretty. And she had these gorgeous freckles and this beautiful little mouth. And I I remember just like looking at her. And it, it might have been the moment where like we would have kissed, where a, a braver person might have kissed that person um, or someone who was already completely... Uh, completely what at ease with their gayness um, might have kissed that person but it was a kissing type of moment and I was looking at her and I just like really gently reached into her hair and plucked this firefly out of it and I, I, I don't think I'm doing it justice but it was a really gorgeous moment and it was kind of right then where we looked at each other and just kind of understood that we were in love and that this was a real thing and it was not um, not long after that that we made it to the next day. Probably the next week she probably came over and we started making out and stuff like that. But it was this kind of the moment before the moment. And things did kind of change there. Things shifted in me and kind of shifted between us. And it was it was really nice. So look at that, guys. If you stuck around for the whole podcast, maybe that was a nice place to end it. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Sherwin, thank you for your questions. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I think, I don't want to make any promises, guys, because I'm not great at organizing things or, or keeping commitments or, you know, setting up schedules and following them. But I think, because you guys seem to like it, I'm going to try to do like every, maybe every fourth podcast will be a solo podcast. And I don't know if they'll always be like this, but they can be if you want. Send me questions if you want me to answer them. Um, thanks for hanging out. Questionable at Best is available every Thursday at nomoradio.com. Check out the website to join in on the weekly Questionable at Best comment thread. Head over there. Talk about this stuff with us. Weigh in. Ask more questions. Answer questions. Get involved. Paint a fence. Make it happen. Join the community. I don't know if there's a community, you guys, and paint a fence is not a thing that people say, so I don't know why I just said it. But um, just go over there. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Support for the No More Radio Podcast Network comes from the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at Montreal improv.com our cool graphic was designed by charlie sneaker her work is on instagram charlie underscore design that's charlie with a y do not be fooled our super sweet intro and outro music which you're listening to right now was composed by comic and renaissance man mike carosa his twitter is mike carosa that's two r's two z's two a's although not sequentially you'll figure it out also i just said renaissance man if you are listening in the uk i say to you renaissance man I'm Deanne Smith. I have an internet presence. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you again next week. <laughs>